Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. Blind as a bat because I can't have my glasses on with all this smoke in the air. They're burning and I just can't deal with it. So uh, I'm going to introduce my partner in crime, Jim Stam, who's always with me. How are always, you always, dude, man. Hey, um, this team, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like, it's wow, this team. Well, I think that's where we're going to start, man. We're going to get into the draft a little bit later. I don't want to do draft early on because the last episode, which first of all, everybody, thank you so much. A ton of positive feedback on that last episode. I really, a ton of views on YouTube, a lot of listens on, on all the audio sources. Really, really, really appreciate it and really appreciate our guest. She was awesome. Uh, Caroline Fenton, follow her again for LSU stuff. Really, she, really good. She was great, and we'll we'll jump into a little bit more about the draft later on. But um, I, I that's the essence of our show, Gary. Which is, hey, let's tackle a subject. Let's talk about it openly. Um, let's find some stuff out. And I hope people will watch it if they haven't yet. And the ones that did, I hope you walked away with just saying, oh, you know what? Okay. Right. Maybe there's a little more to it than we thought. And so later on, you know, we've had a good week to let this soak in. And I think we've seen some more evidence yet, Jim. So we'll talk about some of that stuff as we get a little bit later. But yeah, right now, I think that the point that I want to start with is this is not the team that we watched dominate April. And this is not the team that we watched die in May. In fact, it's not even the team that we've mostly watched choke away June. <laughs> this team is in the midst of a full-on youth movement. And you could probably argue some of them have been rushed. You could probably argue some of them aren't ready to stick. But it's coming. We're watching it. And we're at a new phase now, Jim. When young kids come up now, Sometimes young kids are going to go back out. You know, people that were given long looks like G1 Bay and Rodolfo Castro and Tucapito Marcano and, you know, Josh Palacios, even to a certain degree, even though I think he's been pretty good. Uh, you're going to start seeing guys like that get shipped out for some of these other people. You know, when, when you have, somebody like Brian Reynolds come back, boy, that's going to be a tougher decision than normal. Isn't it? Yeah. Like you, I wouldn't send Josh Palacios. Would you No. He's no, been okay. He's, You're going to pick one of those other ones, right? He's actually been the one that for me, uh, you know, obviously he's not a young guy at this point in his career, but he's shown the ability to like, kind of do what that job is going to have to be. Um, which is uh, spot starting, some pinch hitting, can come in and play some, you know, doesn't embarrass himself when he gets out in the outfield, just just timely stuff. And that's the essence of what a guy like that is going to need to be. The other guys, as you've mentioned, Gary, hey, look, you get your opportunities. Yeah, they don't always come how you want them. And I think we can make that case for Castro a little bit. Yeah. But the, the opportunities don't always come how you want them. However you get them, though, you have to take advantage of it. And I think we're seeing guys like Bay and Castro, they're, you know, especially Bay, he's floundering. And, um, you know, you don't know when that next opportunity is going to come. And maybe that's what makes it so damn difficult to begin with for these guys. Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen, you know, early success from some of these very guys we're talking about, you know, G1 base had some spark plug moments too, where it looked like, man, okay, he's, 
He's going to take charge of something here. He's going to cement himself as a fixture here. He's he gets things going. He he starts this action, and he's really fallen on hard times. That happens to rookies. Yeah, it, it you know sending guys down at this point, it's not always about we're done with them. We're washing our hands of them. It's not always rising to the level of DFA. It's not like that. Sometimes it's just, hey, here's some things we saw. Go down and work on it. Come back up. Maybe for Giwan Bay, for instance, maybe it's like, hey, we really like some of what we saw in center field. Let's go down and polish that a little bit. Hey, we really saw some things we liked at the plate. We think you could do a little bit better if you took this approach. Let's go practice that away from the bright lights. Right. It's, let's remember you're a good baseball player. Yeah, I was just going to say, sometimes, <laughs> it's, sometimes it's going back down and just getting a little bit of that confidence back because yeah. you get up here, boy, and um, you can get cut down to size really fast and humbled. We see, I mean, baseball is uh, as humbling of a game as you can possibly play. So, yeah, I think some of it is just going back down, trying to work on some things, getting your confidence back. It's not a referendum on anybody permanently. Right. Um, but d- you do have opportunities. You got to take advantage of them when you get them. Right. And Robbie here, he says, uh, Palacios is the kind of guy you want on the bench. You don't necessarily want one of those young, struggling guys there. Absolutely. That's exactly the point of having one of those 27-year-old right. last-ditch effort type guys. He didn't spend anything for him. You know, he's a Roll 5 selection in, in the minor league portion of the Roll 5 draft. And to get anything out of him is crazy. And I think they've actually gotten pretty good production out of him. So I wouldn't, like, just ship him out willy-nilly. But, Jim, that's going to have to be where we take this discussion, I think. We've got guys like Reynolds coming back as early as tomorrow. We've got guys like Choi coming back. Colin Holderman's coming back. Mm-hmm. It's time for some of these kids to start experiencing what happens to an awful lot of prospects. And they to say nothing of yeah. And to say nothing of if they make any more call-ups. So, you know, um, which could happen, you know, shortly. Yeah. So and, and I mean, specifically, Don here, he points out, um, honestly, big log jam in the middle infield trade for pitching. Okay. I don't know that I see that log jam. I, I mean, the reason that, I, that I, I think this is an interesting conversation is because what we saw as a log jam, I think the first part of the season kind of showed maybe it's not. Marcano hasn't really taken the job. Bay hasn't taken a job. Castro certainly hasn't taken a job. And we, and we don't even know what um, uh, Nick Gonzalez is, quite frankly, yet. Nope. He's looked fine yeah. in the field, both places they've had him play. And mm-hmm. I've heard he can play third base pretty well. Haven't seen it personally, so I'm not going to comment on it. But he can play second and short. Leover Pagaro's right there. You know, you're probably going to give him a shot pretty soon, I would imagine. Jared yeah. Triolo's up here now. Not doing anything to look like he should go back when Cabrian Hayes is healthy. No, so, he's, he's impressed me, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a lot of people who could potentially play there. I don't think they have a lot of people that I think they can start printing billboards for. And, and that's where I want to take this conversation when we come back from our break, Jim, because I think it's time for us to start trying to help make some of those hard decisions. In the order we think they're going to come. I was just going to say, because they're coming. Yep. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects.
right, we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And uh, Jim, first of all, what an exciting sweep of the Padres. That is a team that is Oof. inexplicably in over their heads. I They just look like uh, the dream team from a few years ago, where, where for some reason that collection of all-stars just didn't think they needed to actually play basketball in order to win basketball games. <laughs> yeah, they look great on paper. They still do. I think that's what's yeah. funny about it. Like you take anyone like, off their team. Yeah, yeah. But boy, when you watch them, I mean, there's a little bit of pitching there. We saw a little bit of yeah. that. Yeah, we we probably would have seen more of Darvish would have pitched. Obviously, that that didn't help them. <laughs> But offensively, man, you got, I mean, look at the names. Like it, it, it should be, it should be at the, at the very least average. And it's not even doing that. So, I mean, they, on the same time, you know, I'd rather be having conversations about what you do with Tatis as opposed to is Marcano going to stick. But <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you who looked old to me was Machado. He started the, he's looking a little old. Crazy to get that huge extension right when he did. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be there until he's 44. And I don't like dancing on the Padres' grave just simply because nope. I give them a lot of credit for yep. what they've tried to do. Um, hell, as Pirate fans, we look at that and, and dream of a scenario like that. And um, But that's the danger of it. It's, it's not always going to work, and they've got just mountains of money committed everywhere. So, So let's walk through this a little bit, Jim. Let's walk through what we know is going to happen. We know Brian Reynolds is on track to come back Friday, Saturday, Sunday, somewhere in there. He took batting practice already. I think they really just want to see how he responds to that. And if it's okay, I'd imagine he'll be back. And he talked to reporters himself and said he expects to be back. So Yeah, he must be know. feeling pretty good. Yeah, I, I think he's probably on track. So he comes back, and, and right away, you have him in the outfield. You've got Davis in the outfield. Um, Jack Swinski is, is on another downturn, man. He's on a bender and, yeah. and, and not a good one. I, I don't want to have the same Jack Swinski conversation we've had repeatedly. Yeah. You know, where we find a way to justify those home runs and, and ignore everything else. Because at some point, he is Joey Gallo if this is the way it stays. That's just a fact. And is Joey Gallo a player you win with? I don't know. So they On need some to- teams, yes, probably. On this team and what they're going to have moving forward, I don't know. Well, I don't when know. I see Joey Gallo win somewhere, I'll believe it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, in all sincerity, I, I, I just don't know where you put him in your order. That makes sense. You know, when, when you can't consistently make contact. Um, I'm worried about him. That said, I don't know that he learns anything in the minor leagues. And you may just have to embrace that he's a platoon player. I mean, that's okay if that happens, but like now's the time to figure that out. And you certainly aren't going to platoon Henry Davis. He's hitting everything. And not, and not looking bad in the field at all. So when Reynolds comes back, what do they do? You, I mean, you, you've got, Connor Joe, who he's not hitting, but he did earlier, and I still think he's worth having on the roster. Josh Palacios, we already talked about. Henry Davis is now, right now, a right fielder. An everyday right fielder, too. Yeah. We're not talking about a guy that's just going to take an at-bat here and there. And Koch is hitting like he always does in June. You can't sit him. No, and you know, um, and if anybody's watching and has these numbers or can get them real quick, is yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know what Joe does against lefties, not off the top of my head. Um, but could you foresee a situation where you're doing the Jack Joe thing? Um, I think Joe's playing more than he needs to. Uh, we know what Jack's struggles are against lefties in particular. I, I just think like if maybe you can kind of, I, 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 you know, and I should have those numbers. I don't. Well, here's the thing that sucks. You're, if you do that, mm-hmm. well, Reynolds has to be your center fielder then. Yeah. Yeah. 
which is fine, but we've already talked about he's probably not defensively good enough to be the center fielder anymore, right? Probably not, but I would, I, but I don't know that it's so scary bad that I wouldn't be willing to try some combination on those days where he would need to do it. Um, you know, just try, just, just, you know, it's not going to be a perfect scenario. So, yeah, but it's a valid point. He, he's, he's not really a center fielder. Uh, he, he never really was one. Um, but it's just something that I would consider. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be difficult really to figure out exactly how they want to go about doing it. When Reynolds comes back, it feels to me like one of those middle infielders needs to go. Bay, Marcano, Castro is where I'm going. Unless you think Jack would go. You think there's any I, possibility of that? I don't, Gary. Like, like, look, like, even in the last couple games where Jack, he doesn't even have a, well, he got a hit. He got a hit. It was technically, a, yeah. Yeah, technically. But um, even in these games where he's not hitting, He's had he's been on base about half the times in these last two or three games. He, you know, if you if you can find a way just to make sure you're getting the walks and drawing those and finding ways to be productive, um, I don't see how you send him down. I understand. Look, we all know what his problems are at this point, but I wouldn't not, send him. I'm not advising it, Jim. As much as if I'm going to say that G1 Bay is in a deep dark enough hole that he needs to be considered to go down. And I'm going to say that Rodolfo Castro is in a deep, dark enough hole that they need to consider sending him down. I have to say Jack Sawinski is too, even though I know he has that capability to like come out of it and go on a real hot streak for two weeks. Yeah. I, all I'm saying is at some point, a guy like that's going to start getting considered as not good enough. That's, that's all there is to it. Right. Potential gets passed by real results. And I think that's kind of where we're headed here with Jack. Now I'm not saying that that has to be decided right now, but in the immediate future here, you got Reynolds coming back. It feels like to me, it's a G one Bay move and it's pretty easy. And I tell him to go down and just play center field. That's what I want him to do. Yeah. I, He's going to get squeezed out of the infield. Let's face facts. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you're already, you're already seeing that. Um, I, I, I would, I would move Bay down. Of course, when Hayes comes back, then you've got another decision to make at that point. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, my order would probably be Bay. Castro, I, I only like Castro because of his, he, he can hit from the right side when they do play lefties. But even that hasn't been as great as it had been in the past. Well, so, now you got Nick Gonzalez too. That's true. You know? So, and Triello. So, if you have like, when you get a healthy Hayes back, for instance, I could see Castro being the guy. For Reynolds, it feels to me like it has to be Bay just makes the most sense yeah and I, okay i did pull up i got joe's stuff here just for for me even um you know to look at um pretty small sample size eh, not too bad actually 85 at bats 282 average 384 on base percentage 529 slugging and a 913 ops yeah so that works as long as you're willing to have reynolds play center field a little bit yeah. That's what would have to happen. Yeah. Choi comes back. It almost feels like you have to have that be one of your lefty bats off the bench, right? Like that's when I think somebody like Marcano or Palacios might be in trouble. Marcano is, is somebody that I, I would love for them to just be a complete team. And he could be like, such a such a nice little bench piece, but I don't know that on this kind of team that they're going to have that luxury with him. That's really what it comes down to me. I like him. I like him as a ball player. I think he's a really good, smart, fundamentally sound guy. But is there is there enough there, Gary? I, 
I don't know. I don't know. He's had parts of what three seasons now, you know, on, on two different teams to kind of show something. And I've seen something just haven't seen enough to like mm-hmm. feel like he's going to hold anybody off. Like his potential upside versus Nick Gonzalez potential upside to me is, is just not even comparable. No. So I, I have, once you've made the decision to call up Nick Gonzalez to me, that tells me we're ready to start moving on from some of what we've tried, at least yeah. for, for right now, maybe they surge back. It's not like we know that Nick Gonzalez is just going to hit. We don't. Mm-hmm. He's had a couple nice at bats. He's had, you know, a couple good, real good swings, but, and he's played good defense. I'm not complaining about him at all or judging him yet or anything, but, but we just don't know yeah. if the bat is going to, um, um, play yet yeah. with his with his deficiencies. Right. And usually don't call up a number one pick and just turn around and send him right back. I think he's going to get some work here. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think you're going to ever see him just riding the pine. If they get to the point where they feel that that needs to happen, he's going to go back down. Like, you're not doing that with those kids right, right at this stage. If they call up Lever Piguero, you add in another one into that mix. I, I just, I think that kind of solves the middle infield for a while. You go with Piguero and Gonzalez and just see how it plays out for a minute yeah. against lefties and righties. That renders Castro completely irrelevant for now. Then, yeah, you know, you got, you got Hayes coming back. You have Triolo floating around. He can play just about everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and with Choi coming back, and look, I know a lot of people just all, all I've seen a lot of like, you know, why even bother bringing Choi back? And all we, all we're looking for Choi is two things. A, don't be Yoshi. And B, let's help not kill Santana before we even get to July and August. So, I, like, that's, that's what I'm looking for, for from Choi. And, and, you know, I, he, he, you've got to see that. Professional yeah. Bat, man. Yeah, you gotta see that through and, and see how he looks. Now maybe he comes back and he he, he just isn't healthy enough or, or and just can't play. Right. But they don't know that yet. Right. And we're also discounting, hey, that other things can happen. But once you start a youth movement where you're calling up number one picks, Davis is up here now. Gonzalez is up here now. Majinski technically a first round pick is up here now. You have Jared Triolo. He was one of your top, I think, 16. Was it? I think he was the top 16 prospect. But right. <laughs> regardless, he's up near the top of your board, right? You start getting those guys up here, it becomes very difficult to... It becomes very difficult to go back to a veteran-laden team. You know, so as these guys come back, I don't know how you find a lot of time for them to play. Like Santana's not going to take at bats from one of these kids. He's going to likely just get more rest when Choi comes back. Yeah. You know, as and they and as evidenced by the fact that they're teaching Choi how to play first base a little bit more again. So he's practicing and- that in his rehab assignment. And there's a reason it's usually older guys that can handle being a little bit more of like bench pieces and role players is because, you know, we, we, we want young guys to be able to do that stuff. But the reality is, is it's extremely hard. And those guys don't come around all that often. If, if they did, you'd see guy, you'd see a lot of younger guys sticking. They don't for a reason, you know, and that's why Santana's the choice, maybe even Palacios, if he can find his little niche, but those guys, that's a, that's an acquired skill, man, that, that not a lot of people have. Right. So, I mean, I think we're going to see a few more transformative things here as you know, the the ramp up to the all-star break here. I think that's where you're kind of going to have a little bit of a weird reset and something we're not talking about a lot, Jim, what could have been utter disarray, that starting rotation, it's stabilized. It has stabilized now a little bit. Uh, Keller has kind of caught his breath. Ortiz, 
I, I thought he fought through it today. I don't think he had it. And he fought through it and, and gave them a pretty solid outing, all things considered. Four four runs and under five innings, not what you want from him. But a rookie starter, man, like I think his body of work has been pretty good. Yeah, I'm a little worried about him. Overall, yes, the, the pitching staff has stabilized more than I even thought it could. Would I like to see a little bit more from Ortiz in the sense of like, we saw a lot of wow moments early. We're not seeing a lot of that now. Um, it puzzles me a little bit. I, I, you know, the velocity, things like that. Um, I'm sure he's being doing what he's be, you know, been asked to do, and he's trying his best at it. I would love to see a little bit more of that, those moments. Um, but th- this is what happens when guys, it's these guys never or very rarely come through and just, it's a straight, you know, upward path. I'll say too, you know, a lot of what has made Mitch Keller a success is not that he can throw that velocity constantly. It's that he has it in his back pocket and he, and he can reach it and use it when he needs it. That's where they need to take these kids is to, Yes, you, you got to back off on velocity for the sake of control, shape of your pitch, you know, ability to, to command and, and get certain pitches to land where you want them to. I understand all that. You also need to do it so that you can go deeper into games. You know, if you're going to fire, you know, 3,100 mile an hour fastballs, well, you better be either a physical freak like Hunter Green, who's hurt now. Yeah. Or <laughs> not his arm, but he's hurt. Yeah. Or you, well, throwing a hundred miles an hour puts a lot of stress on all your body. So I, you know, overall something's going to go at some point, you know, you run sure. a race car, 150 miles an hour for three hours a day. Things are going to break. <laughs> so I, you know, I understand ramping them back a little bit. I just think they need to, allow them to have the confidence to summon it when they need it. And that's, that might be the missing element. And I think kind of what comes with maturity a little bit too, because there's some people that just aren't capable of tweaking their mechanics at all. Like you see Rich Hill do 50 different arm slots in one at bat, you know, just because he can and wants to, that is years and years and years of experience. That's not, that's not something a pitching coach can just walk up and tap you on the shoulder and tell you to do. And it's out of born out of necessity too. If you want to stick around, you better figure out other ways to get guys out. Yeah. Um, He's, you know, I was hard on Rich Hill the other night. Some people didn't like it. Um, I wish he'd channel it more to himself. Sometimes his competitiveness but uh, I didn't have Rich Hill winning um, seven, eight games right now um, and giving them decent starts pretty much every time he goes out. It may not look all that great, but it's hard to complain it, about his his output. Either that <laughs> either you didn't pay attention to Rich Hill's career or that's that sort of thing is just always distasteful to you. This is what he does. I don't mind at all the outburst because that's part of him. Like he's, it's known throughout the league. You don't talk to him on game day. You don't talk to him when you pull him out. You don't, you know, yeah, all that. He may turn around and hate you just as bad as the opposing batter. Like, (laughs) and, and, and I, that's all the stuff I don't mind. Um, I, I think when you've got some younger guys like he, 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 um, you know, he's just, Castro got caught in no man's land at third, you know, right. Kind of right in front of him. He, he, he kind of, uh, was a little bit boisterous. Uh, he got upset with, I think Henry Davis the other day. And is that going to bother Henry Davis? Probably not. Is it the way I would do it? No, I don't care for that aspect of it. I like the competitiveness, but you know, those are young guys. I, I will say on, as far as his on the field performance, they probably gotten as much out of him as I possibly thought that they could right at this point. Well, so when you start turning around and you play a little bit better baseball, all of a sudden silly rumors go away, Jim, 
you know, like you won't see as many silly rumors if the pirates aren't like hopelessly out of their division race. So uh, this, this Kutch thing that came up, man, like first it was just a ridiculous um, trade proposal. I, I kind of couldn't believe it came from a reputable source. It did. That's that. At least that one was reputable. And it was so it was- bad though. Like, Kutch and Bednar are not getting traded for one prospect. Just uh, you know, I, I don't even know how you, how to how to go any further than that. Um, I will say that the Pirates bring it on themselves by losing. If you don't lose, that stuff doesn't come out. It just doesn't. Nobody's trying to steal your players when they think you need them. Um, at least not anybody reputable. Kutch is going to be somebody that is going to get brought up probably throughout this is simply because is my goodness, he looks like he's eight years younger, you know, Um, he's been super productive, but I really don't think there's anything there. I mean, Kutch would have to be someone that would just finally say, yeah, you know what? I'd love to, I, let me just go chase it. I'll be back. He's been on the record about five times since that rumor came out now saying. Absolutely right. Right. Not. Since yeah. then. Yeah. But when it and first even came the, out, even the GM from the Rangers is like, yeah, we haven't even talked to that team. So, like, right. I mean, it's, it's crazy how these things happen. And speaking of rumors, this is where we're going to get back into the draft a little bit. Rumor, rumor on the street is that Dylan Cruz doesn't want to play for us, Jim. And, you know, Gee, Willikers, that's embarrassing, right? <laughs> what do you? I mean, good old, good old Butters, the Twitter account of of Pirates, is is out there complaining about Dylan Cruz not wanting to come here because that's what was reported a hundred percent, right, Jim? Oh, it verbatim, word for word, com- totally interpreted right, not twisted at all when it nope. when when you when you put it back out there. Certainly not um, looking for attention in any way, shape or form. Yeah, right? No, no, no attention. Um, and just straight up being very um, reputable. Um, I say all that with absolute, absolute uh, sarcasm. And that's what ends up happening. Gary is like, well, a, I think a, you get somebody who doesn't understand the draft and then B wants to kind of make it into something else just to try to get people riled up. And you combine those two things and then God knows why people are listening to these people in the first place. But then, but then it starts taking on a life of its own. Yeah. Cause all of a sudden that is exactly what was reported. Right. And, and I mean, the other thing, Jim, that I just think is funny is, you ran a poll. We're going to get to the poll because you worded it in such a way to make sure it wasn't who you wanted to draft, but it was who you thought the pirates would draft. Right. Right. That stupid rumor changed that poll and you know, it, Mm -hmm. it scares people off. Right. Boris was reported as having a connection to Cruz, So nobody wants them now. Right. You hear it constantly. There's a couple things about that. One, I can't imagine why you would possibly care. As if Scott Boris isn't something that all teams have to deal with in one way, shape, or form. If you're at picking, some point, if you're picking a one-one, very good chance Scott Boris is floating around at least, sniffing. All right, and and if you don't like, let's say Cruz is associated with Boris. Where are all the reports about who the other top picks are? you know, talking to, yeah. you know, are they talking to anybody? Maybe they're talking to CAA. I don't think we like those guys either. Like anybody. Yeah. I was just going (laughs) to say like powered agents are all over the top of the board. High powered Mm -hmm. agents are an entity all with the ugly face of Scott Boris. They all want the same thing, a ton of money for their client and a lot more than they need to get. This whole thing was a stupid rumor. It was basically the pirates starting conversations with the top of the board. And someone heard that they offered less than slot for Cruz, like they would offer to anyone they want to sign. 
typical negotiations. And then Cruz, shocker, said no. Like almost anyone one would. Nope. <laughs> it's just yeah, it, it's crazy. It, well, and that's why these things take on a life of their own. And then you mix in the whole the pirates, you know, typical pirates. And this is the state of, you know, where things are at. And he doesn't want to play here. Um, listen, this is standard going up to every draft with every team. What's hilarious. And oh, by the way, he doesn't have much leverage. Uh, And by he, I mean, Cruz. Yeah. Cause where's he going to go? Independent ball. Yeah. (laughs) Like he doesn't have hardly any leverage. Right. And there ain't nobody in the draft going to give him $12 million. It's these slots are so highly penalized. If you screw them up that I, I, nobody's going to do it. Somebody even wrote like a creative article about how one team could like completely screw the draft for everybody else by like making all these side deals. Come on now. I mean, like yeah, nobody's going to pull an ocean's 11 scheme to get draft picks. I'm glad it's, I didn't. Oh, it was on ESPN too, dude. It's like a real, again, reputable source. Supposedly I, I just can't stand it. I can't wait till the draft's over. Pick the players and be, let's be done with it. Let's get them on the team and let's move forward. It's just so ridiculous and mind numbing, like like listening to it anymore. Yeah, and and the thing about it is, if if look, if you just take the report at face value and not add your own little twist into it, and then kind of regurgitate it how you want it to sound, then we don't have all this. But that's the state of social media and how people choose to use it. Some people, and I yeah. just can't. I just Gary, I just can't for the life of me understand why when you have, and I'm not even talking about us, dude. I don't care about us. I'm talking about other people. You can go to get good information from. I, I happen to think we are some of those people, but plenty of people. Why you yeah. would choose? Why you would choose to follow the idiots? I, I just don't. That, I just don't get that. Um, let's see. Harrison Boyd asks, will Boris clients be more difficult to extend? Uh, yeah, but <laughs> any one, one is difficult to extend. Um, but I would say that a Boris client, it's more of a guarantee that they're going to hit free agency Yeah, or you're going to pay his price. That's the truth. And, and let's be honest. How many guys are we even talking about anymore in professional baseball? where you're not going to lose them at some point anyway. Um, nobody's staying with teams anymore. And certainly if it, it look, if this, if we get a guy at number one that makes him unsignable in six years, seven years, whenever that is, I think that's a good problem to have in my, in my opinion. I think that's a, probably the most important point that we could possibly make. We're assuming, we're assuming that eight years from now, we're going to be crying about losing a player that we're not even sure is going to succeed in Major League Baseball yet. Has a higher chance of succeeding, but still. Yep. All, I mean, like, as far as, like, the agent right now, if you are a GM and you let that determine your choice, you should be fired. Yeah. 100% on the spot. Well, and just from a sheer like common sense standpoint of being a GM, you think you're worried about seven years down the road, whether a guy's resignable. Think of it in like politics. I mean, think of it in the politics terms. You're worried about right now and how what your window is that you think you have <laughs> your lifespan you ain't worried about that stuff it has no bearing on what you're doing from a from a survival standpoint let alone anything else totally agree brother let's take another quick break and when we come back let's talk about your poll question because i think it goes right into this okay okay
We are back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Please hit the subscribe button. Like this show. Talk to us. Ask us questions. Ask us about topics you'd like us to talk about. Um, I promise we won't won't bite your hat off. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We really like that stuff, and it helps us. It helps other people find the show. That's what's important. So, Jim, poll question time. How about it? Yeah, I tried to tweak it a little bit because what I had been seeing on social media was, is who do you want the Pirates to draft? Well, that's all well and good, but I was trying to get, I was trying to find out what people would think the Pirates would do. I hope people uh, use their reading comprehension skills, that it's fairly accurate. Maybe if someone voted a little bit wrong and thought it was uh, who do you want type deal, someone else canceled that out. I think we're okay. We got over 500 votes. And um, I got a couple comments here from people too. Um, essentially, people thought that the Pirates would still be taking Cruz 47% overall. Um, but Schemes, 38%. So okay. I think even, and then it was uh, Langford, 11%, other 5%, because there are some really good, there are sure. some really good ballplayers in Max the top Clark. five. Yeah, top five this year is pretty stacked. So, um, I don't know that I was surprised, except maybe for Skeens almost up to 40%. Um, I think this last week or two. I like to blame our show last week. Yeah, that could be part <laughs> of it, too. Like, people people that listened to us voted on the, the poll. Maybe there's some of that impact. But I also like to think people, too, maybe it wasn't just us saying, hey, this thing isn't as 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 clear cut as you might have thought, or that we might have thought, no, and it the started to even out. Nine did did some good stuff with that as well, and even uh, tonight, I think at nine they have uh, Jim Callis. Jim Callis on, he's mm. great. So yeah. listen to that; that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I I'm very curious to see how that how that plays out. But I think like just overall, you've seen enough people say, uh, you know what. Not a knock against Cruz. Yeah, right. It's not a knock against him. It's just how good Skeens has been. That makes makes you rethink it a little bit. But um, yeah, so people still almost half think it is. It will be Cruz. Gary, I'll be fine. Quite honestly, I'll be fine with either. And even if they went the opposite way, the only thing I don't want them to do, I don't think they have the luxury of taking a high school pick right now. Um, back to that same line of thinking of is like, I don't know if there's the luxury right now in the juncture of where they've got everything that they could do that. That's the only no, but I'd be, not. I'd be plenty happy if I was picking third in this year's draft and I ended up getting Max Clark because sure. he might have the highest ceiling of the entire draft, but I, I definitely wouldn't take him in this one. No, but, uh, I, I I think it's situational for the Pirates, and that's the only reason I wouldn't do it. Now, if they were third and you just have to take the best who falls to you, yeah, I would. I I, I don't mind right. that at all. So let's talk about some things that don't go into the decision for for making a draft choice. We already talked about the agent probably shouldn't come into your decision making, despite Greg Brown's pleas. Um. Another thing that probably shouldn't come into your decision under normal circumstances, Jim, I would say is immediate team needs in major league baseball. That's a really bad idea. Like you're hitting poorly. So you got to take the hitter. You're pitching poorly. So you got to take the pitcher. Mm -hmm. I would normally say that's a ridiculous thing to do this year with the top of the board, really looking like guys that could be here super, super fast. Do you, does that change that at all for you? Or do you still kind of step back and go, Hey, I can't assume that the holes I see now will still be the same holes in two years. What do you, what do you think of when you, when you look at it like that? It's a really good question. Like the starting um, rotation, for instance, we were talking about where do they get this top of the rotation guy? And I, let's just say Skeens is every bit that guy that gets here and he's the top of the rotation guy. Let's say it happens immediately. Day steps on the field, which is a lot to ask, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say that happens. Well, you've got Keller. You've got Ortiz, potentially. Rowanzi. Priester. 
Jones, Sola Meadow. You've got a lot mm-hmm. of guys that you're going to also be using probably. It's not here right now, but it certainly could be before Skeens is. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if you make that pick assuming that you're plugging a hole or if you make that pick just because he's that good and it doesn't really matter who's here because he's going to be better than a couple of them anyway. Yeah. It, it's a it's a really good question. I agree with you overall. Typically, you don't want to be looking at right now and saying, "Well, they can't hit." You got to take Cruz. Yeah. Or you can't pass. We were up. all definitely guilty of that, though. Like, well, I, yeah, because for sure. yeah, um, and we'd probably still be doing that had Skeens not come along like he did all year. Um, it, yeah, I. I wouldn't let it adjust what I was doing as far as if I was making this pick, I would still go, man, who do you think is, is the, is the best. I'm still taking the best of one of those two, whoever that truly is. I mean, cause, cause honestly, I got to live with that pick. I, if I make the wrong call, at least I made it on that decision and my gut and what, what my team is telling me, and we made that decision based on who we think the absolute best player is. Uh, and I would say too, like going into this draft, there's a lot of nervousness. I keep seeing a lot of like, all oh, the pirates will screw it up one way or another. And, or I, I keep seeing the same jokes about how this person that they pick is just going to be rotting in the minors forever. Even as Davis got here faster than anyone else. I, I am being hurt. And hurt. Yeah. And he got, and he still got here faster Mm -hmm. than anyone, you know, I, I, to me, I, a lot of these things are, are baked in like old boring jokes and people not really paying attention to what's truly going on around you. Yeah. Now let me throw this out because this was part of the comment I got and I want to, I want to get your take on it because we haven't talked about this. Um, and the, this is comment toward the poll. Someone said um, they will do a lower slot like they did with Henry Davis. Langford is the one. Do you think slot will come into this at all this time around? Do you think that it should come into this at all? Um, I don't think this draft sets up for that because it's so top heavy talent wise. Um, that draft because of COVID was the talent was congested and spread out. It was basically two years of top-end talent spread out through that shortened draft. And you could get away with with saving some money and going and getting some players that were kind of screwed up from COVID to begin with. Yeah. And and they took advantage of it. I think it was an opportunity to restock it was when, when they think, had to. It was very situational. I think what Henry Davis proves just from the brief sample that we've gotten so far is that, you know, there really was not a lot of daylight between the top five there. The problem is none of those top five were generational, if you will, like are seen as generational. doesn't mean they won't be. You can make an argument for all of them that they could have right. been the top pick. By the but way, that was, them- a, that was A.B. Berg 79 who, who likes Mango. So I want to get that in there and say <laughs> that, uh, yeah, but that's who made that comment. Yeah, but I, I think overall, man, um, I, it, I don't think this draft sets up that way. It, there's a lot of talent in this draft. There is, but there's not there's not so much that like you're going to sway high school kids from going to college type talent, which is what you saved that bonus money for, so you can go over slot later in, in the yeah. in the in the game. I don't think it applies this year, um, and I and I think it's specifically applied to the year that they did that. Yeah. More importantly, it, the industry experts don't see it as being. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's not just us saying that either. Yeah. In um, fact, it's people definitely other than us. We're just parroting what they told us. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. And and some common sense with it, too. I mean, but yeah, I mean, we have a little bit of that, don't we, Gary? A little right. bit. Absolutely. Um, 
let me just got- let me get to one more comment. Someone brought up the point. And this was um, Callie Bucko's fan. Gotta go schemes. We can find uh, afford corner bats on the market. A genuine ace and Keller one two punch is something we have to grow. We will never be able to afford that kind of guy. Uh, I've heard that a billion times. I really have. So. Yeah. In theory, I totally agree with that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I think they're going to get Keller extended. And then there goes another one of those long-standing Pirates Never things that gets checked off. Maybe they can keep a player like that on occasion. I mean, he's, he's pitching like every bit an ace. Now, you need more than one. So like, yeah. it's not as though it's not as though I'm going to, you know, kick Paul Skeens out of bed for eating cookies. I'm just saying one gets you to one gets you into the party. And then if you get a couple of them, man, then you're really cooking right uh that's when you get really scary in five game series and you preferably get them before they're 38 and 41 too yeah and yeah but we know what the risk is um but yeah so yeah but i i think like i understand the sentiment there i really do i just think sit back look it over take who you think is the best player i don't care who it is that's what i i gotta live with that like if i'm I can't imagine Ben Sherrington saying, yeah, I like this guy a whole lot, but I'm going to take this guy because of this. I, like, I, just, you know, I Joe, don't see it. Joe Boyd on my, on my site wrote a really nice comp piece, you know, about the top of the draft board here. You know, he has Dylan Cruz uh, comp to Luis Robert, which that's pretty interesting. You know, I, I think that's a pretty interesting comp for him. Yeah, it was a really good piece, by the way. I love, I love the comps stuff. No, Joe, Joe's awesome. He does because it gives year. you such a good idea. Like we're trying to, we're trying to like make it tangible mm-hmm. for for this. And guy, it's very hard to you want to you want an example to say, okay, could I live with that? Yeah, and it's a real so. scouting formula that he uses. He, he actually writes about the Steelers too, and does this for their draft board. So it's it's pretty neat that he took that over to the Pirates for us. Um, but Hunter Green was his comp for Skeens, which I, I think you could see. Although I think Skeens has a little bit better shape to his fastball, which kind of makes sense because his fastball grades out a little higher than Hunter Green's. So right. um, problem with, with Skeens is like I'm starting to see some scouts talk about, you know, he could either be that high-end starter or he could wind up in, as the closer. I did see you know? that. So um, I don't know that you'd want to draft a closer 1-1. So you would have to hope that he's a starter for sure. And then Wyatt Langford, he comped at Joe Adele, Spencer Torkelson, and Henry Davis. And the thing that scared me about Langford that I didn't realize until I read this piece, his arm's only a 45 grade. He will not stick in center field. No, no, he's not. Like I know that they can get away with it there um, in college. First of all, he's he's kind of a... Tyler O'Neill type build. Yeah. Um, and you've got to be really, really athletic to be that kind of build and play center field. Um, so I just don't see that being a thing. Uh, he would have to have athleticism and an arm. I don't think he's that kind of guy. Quite honestly. I don't either. Um, so I, again, I think it's one of the two LSU kids. That's uh, that's where I'm going to land. I think it's probably going to be the last thing I say about the draft until the draft happens. Yeah, well, we're not far out now, so fortunately, we won't have to uh, wait very much longer. And I I think it's the most interesting draft. I think the Pirates are in a really good position. Um, you y- you would think that either one of them is a good selection, um, but I will say, like, hey, you know, we got. It's never a guarantee. The arm's a huge risk. 
Cruz has some things with the ground ball rate in college that are a little concerning. You never know how guys are going to adjust going from aluminum bats to the wooden bats. He's not a very big guy, things like that. So um, that stuff's going to get parsed. We've parsed it enough. We can move on. Yeah, I agree with you, brother. So any other things you wanted to cover about the team itself? I mean, we we are seeing the youth. I think we're seeing the energy that Henry, Henry Davis brings, and I think I think it it has the feel of a changing in the guard a little bit, doesn't it? I think so. Um, you know, it, it just just getting guys in there that even if they're going to make mistakes, Gary. You, you know that when they do something good, something really good can come of it, you know. And so I can live right now, even with Nick Gonzalez struggling against off-speed pitching a little bit, because you can see on days where he he's hitting, it's different, man. I mean, you're talking 440-foot dead center shots. Well, he the can guys, impact the baseball. That's yeah. That's opposite that, field screamers off the top of the Clemente wall, like things that like, man, you can win games just by doing that specific thing in one game. What he did. So, well, it's like, you know, Jim, we watched, let's use today's game. We watched Connor Joe take what I thought were a couple just dead hangers right in the middle of the plate for strikes. He did. He did. And then he swings at something off the plate, like because he's desperate with two strikes and he's trying to protect when all he had to do is hit a fly ball or a ground ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what comes from with a kid like Nick Gonzalez. He's going to strike out. I'm not going to say he's not, but when he comes up in that situation, that kid's looking to do damage to a baseball right. period. You know, if he misses three times, okay, he's going to strike out. He's not going to miss three times when he's just trying to get a base hit most of the time or just make contact. And I think that's kind of what what you need is a little bit more of that urgency to impact the baseball. Yeah. there. Well, there are just certain games where talent, even unfinished, will win out. Yeah. You know, and they just they just didn't have enough of that. You know, you've got veteran guys, you know what they're they're capable or, or incapable of, and there's not going to be any real upside to that. So if nothing else in a year like this, you let those guys do those these things and learn, and there's going to be nights where they just murder the baseball. So next week will be the last show before the All-Star break. So next week, we're going to definitely be talking about who got into the all-star game. Mm-hmm. I expect that to be Mitch Keller at least. And um, yeah, I think that'll this be, is- that'll be a fun conversation. Derek Shelton, I guess he knew the right people at least to get invited. Which so uh, who cares, right? I mean, it's just an invite to the all-star. I mean, well, it's, I, I'm not, not saying enough. I care. I'm just yeah, saying it's I, not I, like he like, right. Did something special as a manager to me. No, no, fun. no, but, you know, players don't even necessarily have to do anything special at some, it, it, in some regards to get to the all-star game. The only thing I can Listen, think of Warren is, Morris was a good player, Jim. <laughs> Ed Sprague, Warren Morris. <laughs> oh, do, do I dare go on? But uh, no, next week, what's going to be interesting, Gary, they got, um, got three with the Brewers. They got four with the Dodgers. They got three with the Diamondbacks. That's the next 10 games. Yep. Um, you Let's know, see what these kids can do. Right. So Let this is play. a big, they're all, when you're near 500 in a bad division, they're all big games, but these are some pretty good teams they're going to be playing. So I'm really curious to see how it goes. And um, with some of these new guys in there, I think it gives them at least a fighting chance on, on some nights, most nights. I would agree with you, man. And, uh, you know, as far as call-ups go, I think keep your eye on Leovar Piguero. Again, I think he's he's making a push, and he's already on the 40. And uh, Andy Rodriguez, I think you will see um, either, right, either right after the All-Star break or shortly thereafter if he, if he continues to do what he's doing. And, and that will probably spell the end for 
unfortunately, Jason Delay, because I, I think yeah, I, I hate would, to I, break it to people. I don't think it, I don't think they would do it with Hedges. There's just I been would, too many examples of pitchers specifically saying Austin Hedges did this. Austin Hedges, Rich Hill said it the other night. It, so we, you know, yeah, but like can, you said, he was PMSing real bad. So <laughs> fans can fans can hate whoever <laughs> they want. I get it. But man, listen to what players say. Yeah. And you'll get your answer. I just I think it's delay. Hey, Jim, I think it's time to end the show, man. We'll, we'll throw it to Ben. But before I do, just want to say thank you to the best co-host in the business. You're awesome, man. You're Someone you were me. so freaking prepared for that show last week. I don't think people understand the legwork that goes into the back end of getting ready for a show. And I just appreciate what you did last week, man. It was awesome. Stepped up big time, made it a killer show, brother. Hey, I appreciate it. And um, hey, people think this is easy. You know, um, it is easy. Just, Go try it. We just look. <laughs> we just look good and make it look easy. But no, thank you, man. I appreciate that. All right, man. Hey, uh, I'll say let's go, Bucks, for those of you who are watching us, and Ben will say it for those of you listening. Let's go, Bucks!